Podcasting 101 with me, your host, Rachel. This podcast is for female business owners and solopreneurs that are looking to start a podcast to add to your own already awesome offering. I'll give you helpful advice that you can take away and use in your podcasting journey. I hope to answer those tricky questions that just keep you from starting. Once a month, I'll be joined by other female podcasters. They'll share their journey with you and offer tips and advice they discovered along the way. Let's get started. and welcome to this week's episode. Today I'm joined with Helen. Um, Hi Helen, it's lovely to have you here. Hi, thank you so much for having me, it's a pleasure. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your podcast? Yes, absolutely. So my podcast is the No Bullshit Guide to a Happier Life and it has grown out of my work with my business Clear Day which is a virtual assistance and social media support agency and a coaching um, business for um, business owners. Uh, it's all a bit of a mouthful, that, isn't it? I, I, do, uh, I do quite a few different things, but all with the same aim, which is to bring calm and clarity to the lives of business owners, mainly women, but also men, anyone who's feeling overwhelmed. And I do that through coaching and um, support from my team and hopefully through my podcast. Brilliant. I have listened to the podcast as well and I have definitely felt it helped me as a business owner and personally as well. Um, I know we were talking, the one that really resonated about self-care, that one really (laughs) at that time was really resonating with me. Why did you decide to do a podcast? What made you think that that would be a good medium for you? So it's something that I'd wanted to do for quite some time. I loved the idea of it. I love listening to podcasts um, and I love the idea of doing my own, but I couldn't quite figure out what my angle would be um, and how I could make it a part of the business. It didn't quite fit for me. And then I think what happened was I launched the coaching side of my business at the beginning of the pandemic And the more people I coached, the more I realized that similar issues were coming up for a lot of people. You know, they had the same things they were struggling with. And I realized there were things that to me were sort of simple reframes, simple perspectives that can make a difference. Not easy stuff. I say that in the introduction. It's simple, but not easy things. But I thought, you know, maybe there is something in this that I can make episodes about the things I've learned um, and the things that other people have taught me as I've worked with them that can really make a difference to our happiness and fulfillment in life. So when I realised that was the angle I wanted to go for, it all came together and I thought, yes, I know exactly how I'm going to do this. And it kind of came together quite quickly once I figured out what the, the point of it was, I suppose. What were your next step after that? Did you do it all by yourself or did you have somebody come and help you? So I do have a producer, which for me was absolutely invaluable to get it started and to keep it running because I just don't have the time to do it all myself. And I knew I would get myself um, stressed about it as well because it would be a new tech thing to learn. And I thought, you know what, I just don't, it won't be enjoyable if it becomes something stressful that's taking me ages. So 
my my very next step was to outline all of my episode ideas um i think i started off with 24 episode ideas and i was going to do it once a fortnight so i basically had a year's worth of of episodes which felt like okay that's something that i can do then i'm not just going to do a couple of episodes and then it all disappear so i outlined that and then I already had someone on my team. She was part of the Clear Day team at that point. She's not anymore because she's doing podcast production almost full time now. Um, But I had a member of my team who I knew could help me. So I contacted her. And fortunately, she was really excited to help me out with it. So she became my producer. And then it was a question of um, buying my microphone and recording, which, you know, it's all well and good planning it all. But then you actually have to sit down and record the thing, which is a different matter. Uh, but fortunately, I enjoyed that part too. Yeah. With your recording, did you batch any episodes or did you carve out... So when you when you planned out your, your episodes, so you had 12 months in your head because we all know podcasting it, it is a bit of a long game as well. And to stop yourself from kind of the pod fade is a new word out there, people are saying, it's great to have those episodes planned out. So like you say, you've got, you know what you're doing and you can plan for it. But did you, because one of the things I recommend is to, which is what I do myself as well, is like block out time in my diary um, to do those things. Is that is that what you did to make sure that you could keep up with it, make, you know, and have a good handle on what you're capable of doing? Yeah, totally. So I have and I have a number of things blocked out in my diary because running a business, we know that there's this balance between doing the work and working on the business. Mm-hmm. So I have things like um, social media content and, you know, other bits and pieces blocked out once a month um, for time to do those things. And podcasting became one of those. And I do have it starts off being a day every month and then it gets squeezed and squeezed and it becomes maybe a couple of hours every month. But I managed to, I usually managed to record at least three episodes each month. So I have a few, you know, in, in the bag, if you like. And I think my producer would probably like it if I recorded four or five a month, but we always manage to be ahead of the game. But yeah, I definitely need that because if I tried to just slot it in amongst everything else, I don't think it would happen. And I think that would definitely lead to pod fade which I really didn't want to happen because the episodes I had planned, it felt like a a full year's journey to me. I felt like I was taking people from A to B. And now with the new series, because I've got a new set of episodes that are going up now, again, I've got a fairly, what I think anyway, is a fairly good plan. And I want to make sure I can see it through to the the end of that thought, if you like. Yeah. So when when you started, who did you having who is your target audience who did you have in mind it's you mentioned business owners yeah is that who you had in mind I mean it's it's so easy as a coach and a podcaster you know any of these things you can kind of start to say to people I can coach anybody my podcast is useful for anybody and I mean to a certain extent that's true but you do have to have a target audience and you do have to have people you know you're speaking to So for me, it's very much my target audience for the podcast is the same as my target audience for coaching, which is mainly female, but also male. I say that because I know I have some, you know, male, very loyal male listeners who love it. But I think when I'm speaking, I imagine I'm speaking mainly to women, women who are running their own businesses. Again, not exclusively, but most of the people I talk to are running their own business. They're self-employed in some fashion. 
they're probably around my age so certainly the 30 to 50 bracket but again I know I have listeners who are a different age to that so I you know I don't want to put anybody off but I would say mainly 30 to 50 year olds and they are I think the one thing all my listeners have in common um, regardless of all those other bits and pieces is that they are overwhelmed they're ambitious they know they want to go places they know they want to do things they want a, a better life or they want to continue having a good life but life is overwhelming whether that's because mental health is a struggle or just life in general is a struggle, the juggle, the balance, all the plate spinning, the world we live in is a struggle. And, you know, my listeners are people who want to find answers to how to make life less overwhelming and more enjoyable. Yeah, I I'd, I think it, it is important to have people in mind when, like you say, you don't want to just, it's the same as your marketing really, isn't it? You don't, you kind of want to speak to some people. I, I imagine I, well, I don't know whether there's any men listening out there, but I, I kind of talk to women when yeah. I think about this podcast as well. And I want it to be similar to you helping, you know, busy female business owners with their, with their podcasts. Did you have a set of goals when you started your podcast? Not specifically. I think it was very much, as I do a lot of things, it was let's give this a go and see what happens. <laughs> but I did know that I wanted it to be a useful introduction to my style because there are so many coaches out there all doing amazing work, but all with slightly different styles. And I thought it would be really helpful for people as well as getting the information from me, which it might be that they just listen to the podcast and think that's really helpful. Thanks a lot you know that that's fine but for anyone who was thinking oh maybe I do want to coach you know maybe I want to work with this woman one-to-one um it gives them that introduction to what I'm actually like you know what you hear on the podcast is absolutely or 100% authentically me it's what you get from me as a coach so if people liked that style it would hopefully encourage them to work with me and equally if people didn't like that style well that's an easy way for people to think okay I need to find somebody different so I think that was definitely a goal to introduce people to me and the way I see the world as well as giving people just some you know options and perspectives for hopefully making life a little bit happier and a little bit less stressful. Yeah that's a really good point I think that that's one of the things I do love about podcasting. It is a way for people to get to know you, to either like you or not like you, as you say. Um, and you just get that extra layer of personality with it that I feel that doesn't always... And it also, maybe you're not so comfortable, generally some people on showing up in video in social media. So having a podcast, you don't have to... You know, you don't have to see yourself on camera or anything like that. You can kind of talk into the mic. And if you're good at doing that, I think that it's a, a wonderful way for people to to get to know you, and especially for your podcast as well with your coaching. Like you say, that is a, a very valuable thing to have as well for yeah, future clients. It is. And I think the thing I love about podcasts is that I, I don't mind doing video. I don't mind showing up on video and I do put video on my social media when I get the chance. Mm -hmm. But I know from my perspective, I find it harder to watch videos because usually the time I have to listen to someone talk is when I'm driving or when I'm walking. And in neither of the, well, in one of those circumstances, not safe to watch a video, but in neither of those circumstances do I want to be watching. But I'm, you know, delighted to listen. So I think podcasts work for me as a listener 
So I thought hopefully they will also work for my audience and it's a way that I can be with them at times when they can't really engage with any other content. Absolutely. That is a great point. That is my main reason for when I started listening to podcasts. It is when I was cooking, walking, driving, those type of things. And I much prefer to because how often sometimes I don't have time to sit down really and watch unless I'm watching something on Netflix like for for like maybe (laughs) a work thing or maybe something that you think might be valuable to your business I I find listening to it is much easier for me to do to consume that content than as sitting down at a video you know at at your laptop so so bearing that in mind did that have an impact upon your format for your episodes kind of like the length that you wanted to do them and the in the frequency and those types of things yeah totally I knew I couldn't commit to weekly and I didn't really think an audience could commit to weekly either but fortnightly felt like a reasonable I didn't want to leave them for a whole month you know I sort of wanted to be popping up relatively regularly so fortnightly felt really good my episodes are about 15 minutes long which makes me smile because I actually the podcasts I love are long form podcasts I listen to really long podcasts (laughs) but I do that because I'm fortunate enough to have just because of the way my life is set up I do have a fair few long journeys that I undertake um, relatively regularly and I do a lot of driving and I don't mind listening to podcasts in chunks so I don't sort of think oh it's 90 minutes I've got to find 90 minutes I will listen to them in in bits if I have to But I knew that most people just have a short amount of time and a short attention span as well. Um, And as much as I can talk for England and could keep going for ages and ages, I thought 15 minutes is doable for people. And because I'm aiming to make life easier, I didn't want to have them to have to commit to listening to me for ages. It's here's listen to this for 15 minutes and hopefully it will help you. And people do seem to have really responded to that. I have had a lot of comments saying that the length of the episodes is just right for when people listen to them. Yeah, I I would agree with that as well. I think that podcast listener habits have changed since COVID. Um, I myself working from home, I don't get the commute in my car as as much. So with shorter episodes, if I'm like popping out to the supermarket, that's 10 or 15 minutes away. So that actually is perfect time for me I mean I am like you I don't mind listening to longer podcasts but I think if you're aiming as well if you want people to ideally consume it in one sitting if it is yes. shorter they are more likely to consume that content in the one sitting and then they will get the the full benefit of what you're talking about in that in that sitting as well that's very true yes because I think the way I talk it is probably easier to follow if you do listen to it all in one go Mm -hmm. so yes that is a good point and I know I have a few listeners who tell me they listen in the bath so it's always nice that I know I'm joining people (laughs) at bath time that's always fun so yeah the, the episode length does fit in with a lot of those activities it's quite good for all of that and when you talked about doing it twice a month it is important to be realistic when you start your podcast that you are not you know committing to once a week and then feeling that actually that's too much I don't think there's any right or wrong answer for having a frequency of a podcast you've got to make it work for you and doing it twice a month for you works for you and I think it's important that people bear that in mind as well because I've committed to once a week for this podcast but my three solo episodes I'm trying to keep them to about 10 minutes because I wanted them to be short 
you know, bits of information, answering a question, because like you say about making people listening and making it easy for people and consuming that content, I'd like them to be able to have practical information about podcasting, but in a shorter space of time. Because like you say, we could go on, I could talk forever about these things, which is wonderful. But then, you know, am I just talking forever about stuff and people have lost interest or that, you know, they, you know, sometimes you do forget about episodes and not, not go back to them, don't you? It's like any form of, of marketing because, you know, for, certainly for me and I think for a lot of people, a, a podcast is a, a part of our marketing, our business. And I also do blogs and I also do email marketing and you want to be consistent. You know, the, the frequency with which I blog has actually tailed off a little bit recently but, and I'm, I'm OK with that. But I think ideally you do want to be as consistent as you can be because your audience gets used to when you show up. And if you're inconsistent, they kind of lose interest because people like a routine, you know, so it's like you're going to get a podcast from me every fortnight. You're going to get a little email from me every Monday morning. You know, people kind of I think people enjoy that consistency. So that's definitely something I wanted to bring to it. But it does mean you have to be able to commit to, you know, can I really do two episodes a month or can I really do an email every week? Um, And if not, it needs to be tweaked so it's realistic, like you say. Absolutely. I think it is fine to evolve as well if you do, because when I, in my previous podcast, I had started weekly and then I just couldn't keep it up the weekly. So I changed it to monthly, but I put out a post and let my audience know and I was clear about why I was changing it. And, you know, it's not ideal, but at least then I think that you're kind of looking at the reasons why you can't then be consistent and you're going to be consistent in another way. So whatever consistent means I think some people get kind of caught up with consistent being every day or or like you know you don't have smile Rachel because actually consistency is one of the things if you listen to my podcast you'll hear that I do throw that idea out quite a lot um I think it, it is important to be consistent in in marketing terms but um anyone who listens to me will know that especially when it comes to women because we're cyclical beings I am not a fan of being wedded to consistency. Like you say, it's what consistency means to you. Mm -hmm. Because I think so often we imagine that anything we take on, like, you know, I'm going to start yoga, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to start running, I'm going to have this new hobby. And we imagine we have to do it every day or every week, you know, consistently, or we're a massive failure. And I am passionate about putting the message out there that I don't, you know, I can't speak for men, this may be true for them too. But as women, we are cyclical, it's a monthly cycle. And anything you try and do consistently has to take into account the fact that it's going to be one week a month when you don't want to do anything. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. You are right there. I get caught up. In, I definitely get caught up in that with when you want to start something. I've said to myself, no, I want to walk every day because I don't do. But I am walking the kids to school. So instead of just being lazy and driving them like two minutes around the corner, I'll just <laughs> walk for 10 minutes, so, <laughs> yeah. which is so much better for the environment as well. But yeah, we do. It, it is so easy to get caught up. with, And it's a lot of shoulds, isn't it? A lot of I yes. should should be doing this. I should be doing that. And we are, and I, I, I do feel that women are definitely harder on themselves than, than men are. They, oh. they just wired a little bit differently. So like, we just get really bothered about things like that. Oh, I myself does. We do. We do. have a lot, like you say, we have a lot of shoulds. And that's something that I definitely explore. And I find it really, really interesting to explore with my clients as well. You know, 
just as individuals, the kind of rules and shoulds that they're carrying with them, usually from childhood, but from various different places. And I think when we actually get a chance to look at those and say, hang on a minute, what what is this rule that I'm apparently living by? Did I choose it? Have I ever looked at it? Have I decided whether it's a good idea? Does it serve me? It's so interesting to see what can change when we do change some of those rules. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of my episodes do kind of either explicitly or implicitly allude to the fact that, you know, we don't have to follow all the rules we think we have to follow (laughs) there's actually (laughs) a lot of different ways we can do things and that's okay um and perhaps that's partly where the the no bullshit element comes in you know I'm I'm kind of throwing out a lot of those ideas that we should do this and we have to do that and we have to do it this way like no we don't um it's far more important to do what actually serves us as individuals it's so hard I think it's just very hard to break that cycle isn't it and I think that Having some something out there like your podcast that stops you, you know, breaks that mindset, and yes. it, and it is a a mindset shift. And we do hear a lot about mindset, mindset, <laughs> mindset <laughs> in the online space and those you know imposter syndrome feelings, but also other types of feelings as well. And it really does affect kind of every part of your life if if your if your mindset is either off balance or you just need somebody to give you that idea really don't you to think well you can do it a different way and you don't have to do it this way it can just be a shift in perspective and it can just be a new idea and I love it when people come to me and say I listened and it it made me think oh yeah that's really just to give someone a totally different way of looking at something even if they don't agree with me or it doesn't work for them it just gives them that opportunity to look at something from a different angle can be really important and I'm absolutely passionate about helping, especially women, to just throw off the things that are not serving us. Because, you know, we hear these phrases like we're our own worst enemies and we hold ourselves back. And, you know, it's not our fault. It's not like we're doing something wrong. It's just we have been brought up with and given from society a lot of unhelpful ideas that actually when someone points them out to you and you gain the ability to get rid of them it's just such a game changer Mm -hmm. and it excites me every time I see someone go through that process it's really wonderful to see somebody come out the other end and just be able to be themselves and enjoy that (laughs) so yeah it 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 really rings my bells every time I see that happen I can tell tell on the screen we're on a video (laughs) call that you're very passionate about that and that's great (laughs) the passion comes through in your episodes and you know everything that you're doing which is which is great (laughs) I'm Um, glad (laughs) what kind of things do you do to market or promote your podcast So this is another area where my producer was a godsend because she put together a launch plan for me, which was a very interesting exercise because I'd never done a proper launch of anything before. And I learned that you have to talk about things way more than you think you do in order to get people's attention. Uh, It was really interesting to me. I was sort of talking about this podcast until I was sick of hearing about it. And only at that point did people say, oh, aren't you doing a podcast? Didn't I hear something about you doing a podcast? It's like, wow, yeah, you really have to go for it and talk about it all the time to get people to notice. So that was really interesting. But we did um, a launch and we did an online launch party because, of course, this was, um, you know, COVID times. Although I think online was good anyway because it meant I could reach people outside of my local area. So we did a lovely online launch party that um, Sam Flynn of Planet Social Media helped me to host. 
uh, and that was lots of fun. And I used my email list to get um, attention on the first episodes as well. And then what I tend to do now, every time there's a new episode that comes out, they come out fortnightly on a Tuesday. I email my list. I post about it on my social media channels. And I also have a Facebook group that runs alongside the podcast. So it's the same name as the podcast, the the No Bullshit Guide um, to a Happier Life group. And I think that that just helps to remind people that it exists because even people who've enjoyed the episodes, you know, you're not necessarily going to remember to go back and look for new ones. So just that kind of, Oh, it's happening again. It's podcast day, join the group because then you'll see, you know, we'll carry on some of those conversations and you'll see me and hopefully my podcast remains not top of mind, but somewhere in the mind. Um, and of course, it's also on platforms like Spotify where you can follow it and Spotify will tell people that something new is out. Um, so that's what I've been doing so far and certainly talking about it um, a lot in my general marketing and it's on my email footer, that kind of thing. I think there's probably more I could be doing with it. But as I mentioned at the start, I am doing a lot of different things in my business. So I think making sure I'm getting all the messages out there is always a challenge for anyone <laughs> because I'm not just kind of trying to promote one thing. Um, but yeah, just just making sure that I'm very vocal about it when there is a new episode seems to have worked well. And I do have a loyal um, listenership. I can see on my um, data that a certain number of people listen to every episode pretty much as soon as it comes out, which is absolutely lovely. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's really do you, nice. Do you get a lot of um, listener engagement in your in your Facebook group? Uh, do people, do you find that they are, talk about the episodes and, and comment on when you post to say that the episode's out? Yeah, I do. It's, again, it's quite interesting because you will get people who comment on the social media posts or who engage in the group. Um, but then you also get people who perhaps private message me or when they see me, they say, oh, I love that episode. And and as a business owner, you're like, oh, can you say that publicly? Could you possibly, you know, actually say that? But people don't realise that that's helpful. You know, they don't know. And of course, they're living their own lives. But there are quite a few times when people send me little messages or say, oh, yeah, I really love that episode. It's like, do you think you could possibly say that somewhere where other people can see it? Um, but I do have some lovely reviews on iTunes. I do have some comments on the posts on my website. Uh, and again, you know, if people are kind enough to comment publicly, I do use those posts in my social media so other people can see what's helpful. I think the the one that got the most comments was my episode on sex, which was, you know, so entertaining. Everyone had a really good good time chatting about that one. And that did actually get a lot of feedback um, because I think people just found it so refreshing that there was someone having just a really open and honest conversation about this subject. Yeah. <laughs> And that is something that, again, I'm really passionate about when I work with people. I I say that I work with business owners because they are my people. You know, they're the people I understand. I'm a business owner myself. But I look at every aspect of people's lives because it all affects how successful we are in our businesses and how successful we are as human beings. So, yeah, I think that's also a useful thing about the podcast. Anyone who coaches with me, I'm going to ask all the questions and get into all the areas and like, you know, talk about all the things that can affect how happy we are. 
but yeah that episode definitely got a fair bit of uh, attention if I remember rightly (laughs) (laughs) do you get quite a lot of reviews I found it quite hard like when I've wanted to review I'm not typically I'm not an Apple user I've got an Android phone so I tend to use Spotify or Google Podcasts at the moment because that's what the app on my phone I find it incredibly difficult to find somewhere to write a review Spotify and Google Podcasts make it almost impossible to write a review I don't know how you feel I know Apple Podcasts you can no, you but. cannot. So on iTunes, people do leave leave the reviews. The only other way people give me feedback is all of my episodes also go up on my website. So in the same way that I've got a blog page, I've also got a podcast page. And it's, it's set up like a blog page so you can enable comments. So if people aren't on iTunes, I do direct them to the website to leave a review. That's like where I would ask people to comment on each episode. Right. Um, so That's yeah, that idea, does yeah. yeah that does give me the opportunity to get some more feedback there. But I think you know it's like everything. People just don't you know they they enjoy something. I mean, I, I when I think about how many things I review, I don't really review things that often that I've enjoyed. You know, I share them with people, but I don't necessarily tell the creator. So yeah, it's just reminding people that it's helpful. I think. Yeah, I recently looked, listened to something on Podbean. Um, I don't know whether it was in the browser in my phone, um, but there was an ability to leave a comment actually in the app or in what I was doing. And I think sometimes if I often listen on my phone, if you can't do it that instant, you think, oh, I'll go on later and do it. And then, you know, like say life gets in the way and everybody forgets. I I very rarely listen to it on my laptop kind of thing. It's always on my phone. Um, I listened to an interesting um, other podcast who's a podcast manager and she was talking about like that maybe podcast platforms should actually upgrade and kind of involve those kind of things to make it more interactive like so you can actually physically leave a comment on each podcast episode and things like that would would I think would potentially increase those type of engagement as well like or listener engagement as well whilst they're listening and on the platform yeah I think I heard talk about Patreon so oh, if, you, yeah. if you listen through Patreon, I think you can do that on there. But if you found their podcast somewhere else, you, would, you wouldn't you would actually be able to comment in the same way. And that was yeah. like a, a benefit she was saying to um, to using that. But I think that's a good thing. I think that would be make a big difference to people leaving reviews and, and, and engaging if they had it actually in the podcast platform. Yeah, and it's helpful for other listeners as well, because if there's a new podcast that I haven't listened to, if I can see that people have commented and the kind of people that have commented and what they've said, it'll help me to decide if it's something that I'm going to enjoy as well. So, yeah, yeah that would be really helpful. Yeah, it, yeah, I just find it very hard to find the reviews as well, I think. Yeah, uh-huh. for me, and not, not being an Apple user yeah there's almost like they're like almost non-existent but yeah Yeah. maybe future things google spotify maybe listening yeah (laughs) oh it's been really lovely talking to you helen and thanks for sharing your journey i'd like to just ask you one last question have you got any advice for anybody looking to start a podcast or like your top piece of advice yeah so i think I would always say that it is worth looking into getting a producer. I realise there's a cost to that and you can do it yourself, but I think that it makes it a lot more sustainable. And my top tip would be to make it sustainable because you don't want to start a podcast and then have it fizzle out because that would be a real shame. You've got enthusiastic about making something and you want it to continue. So come up with a good set of episode ideas well in advance Make sure that how often you're going to do it is sustainable and outsource what you can if you need to, because that will just set you up 
to be able to podcast for a lot longer which is what we all hope as podcast hosts that we can keep doing this for as long as possible absolutely great advice Helen and what I'll do is I'll put all your links in the show notes and the link to the podcast as well so everybody can find you there and listen to your brilliant podcast which I would definitely recommend everybody to do because I've really got a lot of joy out of listening to your podcast I saw your recent one is it about laughter yoga which I'm very intrigued about so I'm going to listen to that this afternoon I've never heard of laughter laughter yoga no it's a bit of a different one isn't it yeah my new set of episodes is focusing on all the different tools we can access to make life happier and easier and more fulfilling so I'm trying out lots of different things and yes today it's actually out today and the episode is on laughter yoga so yeah you'll have to let me know what you think yeah I will it's Sounds really interesting. And you know what? We probably all don't laugh enough. So that would be a really good thing. (laughs) Oh, Um, thank you so much, Rachel. This has been absolutely lovely. And I'm so glad you've been enjoying my episodes. And uh, thank you for having me on. Oh, fantastic. Thanks for coming in, Helen. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please like, share and subscribe. Your support means so much to me. If there's a question or topic you'd like covering, then I'd love to hear from you. Find the podcast on Instagram at Rachie Botfield and drop me a DM. Till next time. Bye.